Nothing beats value parking at Melbourne Airport. Book online for the best rates at melbourneairport.com.au. Summer Breakfast on SEM. I'm told that the hope is that Embiid misses one to two months. That's the best case minimum scenario. And that would dictate a potential return late in the season. Only the severity of the tear, the procedure itself will determine exactly how long he's going to be out. If a full repair is needed in Sergio Michel, that's going to be a significantly longer recovery time period than just one to two months. That was Shams Sharania there, Kane, on the biggest story in the NBA at the moment. Uh, the pending meniscus knee surgery for the reigning MVP in that competition, Joel Embiid. And Sean Barnard is the Sixers and NBA insider on Fox Radio over there in Philadelphia. Also writes for the Philly Sports Network. Great pleasure to have you on, Sean, and, and thanks a lot for your time. Yeah, appreciate you guys having me on, and I uh, wish it was a, a little bit higher vibes in the Sixers world, but excited to get into it with you guys. Very depressing if you're a Sixer. So it's a left meniscus injury, surgery booked in, of course. So the door isn't closed on a return this season, but the million-dollar question, Sean, is, well, he's missed 14 games already. How many more is it going to be for Philly? Yeah, and the, the concerning part, I would say, is they don't truly know until they get in there and do the surgery. Right, right now, it looks like there's two different options that they're going with, whether, whether it is a full meniscus repair or if it's a meniscectomy, which would essentially be kind of a, a touch-up procedure. That, that would get him back in the four- to eight-week range and have him coming back for the playoff push, or if it is a full meniscus repair. And he's had a couple meniscus issues at this point in time, so there is some concern of that. That would put him out for the entirety of the season and obviously change the, the outlook from the Sixers' perspective. So at this point, they're kind of waiting on fully putting him under the knife and checking things out from there, and that will dictate a lot from that point. Sean, it's not going to help, uh, I guess, his reputation now. Unfortunately, these things happen, but they hop, happen often with MB. Now, w- one of the best home-and-away players in the league, clearly, but hasn't been able to produce in playoffs, and often his body lets him down. Just give us your overview of the legacy that he's building. Yeah, it's very frustrating that it is his body that ultimately lets him down. And for this season specifically, has been by far the best basketball of his career. His, the, the highest points per minute in NBA history this year, on track for the, the uh, third consecutive scoring title. And there obviously is that hole that is the, the playoffs that, that he has produced to this point. So if you want to view it from the most optimistic lens possible, you can think that maybe he is out for the four- to eight-week span. He's able to return for about a week and a half to ramp up and then go on a playoff run. And I think that's, uh, that would be obviously best-case scenario if that is the case. I, would, I, I don't think that is something that you can fully bank on to this point. I think he's an incredibly talented player, one of the most individually talented players I've ever seen. But we do have to uh, factor in the, the, the give and take that come with injuries. For me, I do feel bad from the guy on a human being standpoint that it is a lot of the, the freak injuries that he's gone through as well, stuff like breaking his face on Markel Fultz's shoulder or getting hit in the face by Pascal Siakam. He's had some really tough luck, and, it is a shame that he hasn't ever had that this fully healthy playoff run. Yeah, it is a shame for Philly, who were 30 and uh, and 18, and they've lost 10 or 14 games without him. So it's chalk and cheese, his influence. But were you surprised, Sean, that he played against Golden State when he actually did get injured? He looked pretty sore from the get-go. And, and I know this is a leading question to some degree, but do you think him playing had anything to do with his eligibility for the postseason awards uh, process and the MVP specifically? 
yeah, personally, I can speak to it that I've been very frustrated from an organizational standpoint for just the entire management of his injuries. That these knee issues, while this was kind of the breaking point and the, the full re-aggravation of the meniscus issue, it's been something that he's been battling throughout the season, and they've, they've never fully put a label on it, just calling it on the injury report things like knee soreness, uh, knee swelling, things like that, rather than a direct injury. And then kind of the optics of last week, starting with the, the Denver Nuggets matchup, that everyone always wants to see Nikola Jokic and Joel Embiid matchup as just from a pure basketball perspective, two of the best in the game, getting to do it in very different ways. Not even listing him on the injury report and then ultimately being pulled from the game about 15 minutes before in what clearly was an injury. That Looking back, it's, it's very clear to see that the knee did act up, but the fact that he was not listed and pulled so shortly before the game was a terrible look on Joel's side of things. And then to then put him in harm's way a couple of days later by playing him against the Warriors is super frustrating. But I think from start to finish in that game, it was pretty clear that he should not have been on the floor. I do think the 65 game rule does have partial something to do with it. I think from Embiid's perspective, he obviously won MVP last year, and that is something that he does care about and he is, does feel strongly about. And I, I personally don't have an issue with that, but I like when guys care about proving that they are the best. And I think he did approach this season with kind of the mindset of, I'm not worried about the individual side of things. I just want to be ready for playoffs. And then about midway through the season, he was kind of running away with the MVP race. And then that's when he'd start to hit, like, maybe I do got to stay in the running for this, try and hit this number. And I also think that there is a team aspect of things that leading up to that game, Sixers had lost three consecutive games. And in the meantime, the Knicks and Cavaliers are both ripping off wing, wins and climbing up in the standings. So I think it was a lot of compounding factors, but I definitely think the 65-game the limit at least played a, a little whisper in his ear. Now, Sean, we have some, some crazy fans here in <laughs> Australia following our game, but I'm led to believe that he's nothing on the Philly fans. Now, you are on Fox Radio in Philly, so you speak to the fans there. Mm. You're right for Philly sports. Can you describe how passionate these Philly fans are and are they the most passionate fans perhaps in the world? Oh, I, w- I would absolutely say so. And uh, they, they certainly don't forget anything either. Like the game Saturday, seeing the, the Ben Simmons return to the building and the, the still feels like the feelings are fresh there, even after all this time. And uh, it's a no love loss. And yeah, this, this is a fan base that gets fired up about absolutely every, everything, <laughs> whether it be the booing of an opposing player, cheering on their own guy. So I do love it. It's been a, it's a very cool sports environment, and there, there is, it is like something I've never seen. I have not checked out a, a down in Australia or other parts of the world as well, so I'm sure there's there's stiff competition out there. But Philly fans are the absolute best. Well, so they're going to just boo Ben forever, then? Do we 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 lock it in, Sean? Yeah, yeah. I think we can rest assured on that one. And I, to be honest, from my point of view, I I thought it was it was even harsher than I kind of expected Saturday. Like it's kind of at a point where I almost, in some regards, feel a little bad for Ben that he's just like such a minimized version of what he once was. Mm. So it's disappointing from the promise that he did show early on. But yeah, those, those feelings seem pretty irreparable for sure. Well, the 76ers, as we said, 30 and 18. They're fifth in the East, but their talisman uh, is going to face a significant spell on the sidelines are uh, the MVP, Joel Embiid. We'll watch with interest from the other side of the world, Sean, but great to have you on this morning to set the scene and bring us up to speed. We appreciate it. Yeah, absolutely. Appreciate you guys having me, and uh, best of luck with everything down in Australia. Good man. Mm. Sean Barnard there, Sixers and NBA insider on Fox Radio in Philly. Good question from you, because he's plugged into the coalface. They are mad over there, oh, aren't apparently, they? Apparently, they're nuts. Like, I've, I've, I went and saw an NBA game there last, not last year, the year before. In Philly? But, yeah, um, because our um, former CEO, John James, 
lives in Philly now, and he, he got us tickets. It was great. It was a great day. He went and saw Rocky. But the football fan, so the Philadelphia Eagles fans, you get a load of those. Yeah, They're full on. Cra- so cra- what would, cra- what I never would be the closest a, comparison well, here? I don't, I don't know. I mean, the, our audience would know, and for those that have been there, and perhaps we'll ask Jared, like the, the craziest fans that he has come across. But Philly fans are nuts. Um, so I think the Green Bay Packers fans are pretty crazy over there as well. I reckon um, the Liverpool fans in the Premier League are be pretty there. nuts as well. Yeah. That, that, that is a lifestyle, a way of life over there, uh, rusted on through generations. But, yeah, it's a, it's a, every time you t- talk about Philadelphia, we hear about how passionate they are. But um, good to have Sean Barnard on the line. Uh, we better get in the newsroom, Kane. Plenty more to come uh, on the show. Uh, Nathan Garner's got the headlines.